This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 20th of October. In your Squiz today, Gazans wait for aid. Xi and Putin make their pitch. The Sydney Opera House at 50 and welcoming the weekly wrap. This is your Squiz Today. US President Joe Biden left Israel yesterday, having helped to secure an agreement with Israel and Egypt to allow an initial 20 trucks with humanitarian aid to enter Gaza. Those are expected to start rolling in later today. It's in focus at the moment because reports say Gaza is on the brink of a major health and sanitation crisis unless supplies of water, food and medicine start reaching people soon. And even getting those supplies through a bit later today is too long to wait for the United Nations. It says that there's an unprecedented catastrophe that's unfolding and any further delay mustn't be allowed. That aid is meant to get in via the Rafah crossing, which is located on the Egyptian border with Gaza, but it's actually quite complicated. The first problem is that Egypt's got to do a repair job on the road because it's been very badly damaged by those Israeli airstrikes. And second, Israel has demanded that each truck that gets through is thoroughly checked by the United Nations to make sure that it's only carrying food, water and medicine. Egypt's got a tricky role in this crisis. That Rafah crossing is the only access to the besieged territory not controlled by Israel. And Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi is a significant voice in the region who is calling on Israel to be measured because he thinks that any military escalation may get out of control. Yeah, he's very worried that if Gazans are forced to leave the Strip, it's Egypt that they'll go to. And Sisi doesn't want to see that for two reasons. The first is that he reckons that his country's north would become labelled as a base for terrorists because he says that some of those who flee will want to continue to target Israel. So that's an issue. And Sisi also says that he wants Palestinians to stay put because there's no way to argue for a Palestinian state if the people aren't there. Now, Claire, as we head into Friday, there's a couple of things to put on our radars. The UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has arrived in the region for talks with Israel and Arab leaders. So let's see what comes of that. And President Biden is set to address his nation this morning, where he's expected to make the case for Congress to back a $100 billion package for Israel and Ukraine. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, President Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin are pushing for a new world order. Xi has told leaders from the Global South, that's the developing countries in Asia, Africa and Latin America, that, quote, geopolitical rivalry and block politics are not a choice for us. Yeah, it's a pretty pointed remark given what's unfolding in the Middle East. And he did that at China's 10th anniversary Belt and Road Summit that's happening in Beijing. That's the summit that Putin has travelled to China for. And what the analysts say is that Xi believes that China is a force 
for global stability, whereas it's America's grip on power that he reckons is the problem at the heart of the conflicts and all the big problems around the world. As for how that assessment aligns to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Putin points to the meddling of Western nations as a big part of what forced that decision to undertake his special military operation. At the summit, Putin said that he and Xi are, quote, moving forward very confidently. You would need a library to house all of the analysis of the consequences of the referendum result. But yesterday, we got a taste of the new landscape after the opposition party in Queensland, that's the Liberal National Party, said the result has made them withdraw their support for a state-based treaty with First Nations people. Yes, yeah, so Queensland returned the highest no vote on Saturday. Uh, nearly 69% of voters rejected the proposal to enshrine an Indigenous voice in the constitution. And the LNP leader, the Liberal National Party leader, is David Christopherly. What he said is, and this is the quote, it has now become clear that a path to treaty is not the right way forward for Queensland. What happened after that is Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk responded saying that that means that the process is effectively stalled because to move forward with it needs bipartisan support. The fallout from the referendum is also playing out in other states. South Australia is pursuing its own voice to parliament, but there are new questions about that given the low levels of support for the referendum in that state. And in New South Wales, Premier Chris Minns says there are no easy answers when he was asked about what's next for his government. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Claire, it is safe to say that the integration of artificial intelligence has some people on edge, but I reckon even the harshest sceptic might be won over by this latest development. Microsoft has developed a new AI assistant that can go to meetings for you. Alex, that might be overstating things just a little bit, but this <laughs> is definitely going to appeal to people, and by people I mean me. Uh, what <laughs> it can do is spit out a summary of your team's meeting, which is really excellent if you drift off somewhere in the middle of that call. Uh, it can also draft emails, it can create Word documents, can do graphs and spreadsheets and also PowerPoint presentations. Uh, what Microsoft says is that it can do that in moments. It's a new program called Copilot. Microsoft says that it's going to eliminate the drudgery of work. <laughs> but some worry that tech like this will replace workers. It uses the same tech as ChatGPT and early users say that it has a bit of a way to go to do these tasks really well. But Claire, it's just amazing to look back and think that ChatGPT wasn't even launched a year ago. It was November last year. Yeah, haven't we come a long way since then? You'll forgive me if I don't sing happy birthday, Claire, but I do want to say happy birthday, happy 50th birthday 
the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, I think we can forgive you for that, Alex. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> and look, the iconic Performing Arts Centre, which of course is on Sydney Harbour, it was officially opened by Queen Elizabeth on this day in 1973. And just to give you a bit of a potted history about that building, there was a design competition that was launched back in 1957 and there were 223 entries. The Danish architect Jørn Otzen was the winner and it was a very unique design but it proved very tricky to build. It took 14 years to build instead of four that they were expecting. It also cost $102 million instead of the original budget that was just $7 million. <laughs> I got a couple of other fun facts, Claire. The New South Wales government raised the shortfall in that money by starting the Australian National Lottery. And over the years, the Opera House has also collected many nicknames. One of my favourites is Nuns in a Scrum. <laughs> it does kind of look like that too. <laughs> Friday lights, Claire. What have you got for us today? Alex, I've been craving pasta all week. I've kind of held off because I mm. want a nice pasta and I think that takes a little bit of effort. But <laughs> I am lining up for a very classic tomato and garlic and chilli kind of sauce. It just takes a little bit of effort, but it's high reward. So highly recommend that for the weekend at some point. That sounds excellent. And also you get the smell of slow cooking pasta in your house. Mmm, delicious. Squiz the day, Claire. It is a good day to get across some housekeeping from us. First is to say thank you so much to all of those who have done our 2023 media and news survey. And also to say that you haven't missed out if you haven't got to the survey yet. We are really keen for some more Squiz podcast listeners specifically to fill it out for us. So I will pop that link to the survey into our episode notes. What else, Claire? So, Kate and I will be in your podcast feed tomorrow as we are regularly on a Saturday these days, but it's not the Saturday squiz anymore. It's now the weekly wrap. So, if you're a regular listener, you'll be pleased to hear that the name really is the only thing that's changed. But if you haven't got into it yet, we just reckon the new name is a better description of what it is, which is that we wrap up the news of the week. Uh, also, we tell you what to look out for for the week ahead. So squizzes can get into the weekly wrap tomorrow. It'll be in this show feed. So you'll find it in this feed early on Saturday morning. That's it for us. Have a great Friday and weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.